My dear respected elders, brothers, sisters, dear listeners, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the hadith of Qudsi that Kuntu Kanzan Makhfiya. I was an unknown hidden treasure. Allah Ta'ala did not need to take me and you as some frivolity, play or pastime. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, if I wanted to take something or frivolity, pastime, entertainment, we would have taken something from our own side, something befitting a God. I'm not going to create small, little, minimal, minute, fragile little beings somewhere tucked away in a world, tucked away in a huge universe which is just like a little ring under the kursi and the kursi is a little ring under the arsh and the arsh is like a little ring in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What sort of amusement is that for Allah? So I was kanzan makhfiya. I was an unknown treasure. A treasure that subhanallah was hidden. So I loved that people come to know about me. I knew, I, I loved that people gain my ma'rifah and gain the knowledge about me and appreciate me. It's like a person has amazing work at home. If you look up on Google, you will not find such valuable work and research on a specific topic. But this person for years has been sitting and researching and doing amazing work that if you open these books, <coughs> it's unparalleled next to none. Sometimes you open up an old book of your great-grandfather and you see the pearls in it and there's just one thing that comes to your mind, I wish this was published. Sometimes you go to the old libraries and there's manuscripts of ulama 300 and 400 years ago and when you open those books and you see the knowledge pouring from there, I wish someone can edit it, clean it and um, print it. It can be of public use, public benefit. So when you have that knowledge, you have something with you, you want to share it, you want people to know about it, you want it to be of value to people. Allah Ta'ala imagine Rabbul Alameen. Imagine the beauty of Allah. That as I mentioned earlier on in Jannah, when He comes, he will, everything will stop in Jannah. And everyone will just look at Allah for 40 years. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beauty will be so mesmerizing that if he does not remove himself and put the veil, people will not stop looking at him. Brothers, you know, you go to a new place, a new scene, new scenery, an amazing mountain, lovely buildings, a beautiful city. What's the max you can look at it? Ten minutes? One hour? 
go to the Taj Mahal when you just see it. Wow, mashallah, this, that. You take out your cameras. After one or two hours, you can't wait to get back to your hotel. But I seen it. I took 500 shots. Now what more? I took one like this, one like that, one holding it. Like, it's all done now. Let's go. Similarly, subhanAllah, people go to the Great, great Canyon. People go to this, this falls, that falls, Niagara Falls. They go to Africa. They go and see, mashallah, the wildlife. They go to Paris. They go and see the Eiffel Tower, the Great Wall of China, Machu Picchu. All these things, mashallah, it's amazing. Half an hour, one hour max, I had enough. That's it. The second very day, someone says, let's go and see it again. I think I had enough yesterday. We have enough pictures. It's okay. <laughs> Two long lines. That's the max that in this world you can only see for half an hour and one hour and you get tired. And Rabbul Alameen says, when you come to the doors of Jannah, then the door of those who fasted, Babur Rayyan, will be so amazing. The colors, the vibes, the sounds. That 40 years the Jannati will just look at the door of Jannah before even entering Jannah. Meaning your life in this entire world, your whole life in this world, will be spent just amazed and admiring one door of Jannah. So then, when you say sugar is sweet and honey is sweet, then who's the one that put the sweetness in the honey? And when you say, MashaAllah, your spouse is beautiful, then who's the one that fashioned her and fashioned your children and fashioned you and fashioned everything beautiful? Wal-Musawwir. Allah is Musawwir. Musawwir means the one that fashioned everything, the one that made everything, the one that gave everything is beauty and color. Now this Rabbul Alameen, that's Allah, when he himself will unveil himself, when they seen Sayyidina Yusuf والسلام, what did they do? Yusuf والسلام, was made to walk. This is not a man, it's an angel. It's an angel. Wow. The women could not control themselves, they jumped up and down. And in so doing, they slit their fingers. Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha said that let alone slitting their fingers, had they seen my Habib Mustafa, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, laqatta'na qulubahunna. Let alone their fingers, they would slit their hearts. They would have cut their hearts open. If that is the beauty of a man created by Allah, then the beauty of Allah. So Allah Ta'ala was this kandhe makhfiya. There was nothing living. Allah says, I created everything. And I made the angels. But the angels, they worshipped me, but without any test. Without any temptation. They love me. They worship me. And Allah says in the Quran Kareem, when I tell the angels something, they listen to me in a jinx. They don't go against the command of Allah. One day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was waiting for Jibreel alayhi salatu wa sallam. He never come for a very long while. 
And you can imagine the Prophet is craving for someone to relate to, to have a spiritual moment. And Jibreel is the Ustad of Rasulullah When Jibreel came, Nabi complained. He said, ah, Jibreel, I have a complaint. You're not coming. We're waiting for you. You don't come. Days go on. Morning, night. I'm waiting. When Jibreel is coming. What the ayat of the Quran Kareem was revealed. That we as angels don't come on our own account. We come only when Allah allows us to come. Oh my beloveds, these angels were absolutely obedient to Allah. Allah wanted a being to be in this world or in this universe where there's temptation, where there's wrong, where there's lusts, where there's desires, where there's all the time something calling you, distracting you, taking you away. And that's why you all and myself too wish that we were in an excellent environment where we just came out of our homes and the masjid was there. Five times salat was called and the madrasa was right in front and there's five muftis there to ask our fatwas. Why not? But my beloved, subhanallah, when there's no struggle, when there's no struggle, there's no barakah. Those people living in this part of the world. I ask you in all the Muslim lands, in Indonesia, in Morocco, in Libya, in Algeria, in Saudi, mashallah, there might be those amazing people that are always in the masjid. But how many a million of people are living in these countries right in front of the masjid but don't go for salah? Let alone anywhere else in the world, in Makkah, Mukarramah, how many a time I've asked the taxi driver the time for the salah in the haram. He said, Sheikh, I just read anywhere. I've never been to the haram for the last three years. There are people I know living in Jeddah, they never ever visit Makkah Mukarramah. And when I told them, brother, you're right here in Jeddah, it's just an hour's drive. They said, we're scared for the crowds. Allah wants to see that struggle. Allah Ta'ala wants to see that burning desire and motivation in you. That, Ya Allah, you are Rabbul Alameen. You are Rabbi, you are my Lord. And I am Abduka, your servant. And I'm going to struggle to come to you. I'm going to make what did Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa tell? I think it was the Banu Salma. That they said, Ya Rasulullah, we can take a home right next to the masjid. Right next to the masjid. And we can be right here. And we can come and read Salah. And Nabi Karim said, No, live where you are living far away. For your footsteps has been written for you by Allah. What the point is? The point is Allah wants to see you struggle towards Him. Nothing in life is maqsud. Nothing in life is my purpose. Building a masjid is not the maqsud of human beings. 
Building masjids only. Building organizations is not our maqsood. Welfare is not our maqsood. Then what is our maqsood? Dawah and tabligh is not our maqsood. Dawah and tabligh is not our maqsood. Ta'aleem is not our maqsood. Our maqsood is Allah. Our maqsood is rada'i ilahi to make Allah happy. Now if, alhamdulillah, tabligh makes Allah happy, that's why we do tabligh. Tabligh itself is not maqsood, it's not another deity. Allah is the one. Wahdahu la sharika la. And hence we do tabligh because it makes Allah happy. And that's why when we use means which is against the teachings of Islam and it makes Allah unhappy, although you can say and you can scream on your lungs that, oh Allah, I am doing tabligh in this manner. I know maybe it's wrong, but I want to do it to advance your deen, ya Allah. If Allah is not happy with it, then that tabligh is void and that tabligh is not praiseworthy. You cannot spread haq with batil. Allah inna Allah tayyibun la yaqbalu illa tayyiba. Allah is pure and Allah Ta'ala will only accept that which is pure. That's why a man gambles, he says, I have a million dollars, ah, mashallah. Two, three hundred thousand, I'll give it to the masjid. Even the Quraysh understood that they cannot give their dirty money to the masjid. And that is why the Kaaba is square. It is not round from the one side. Because in the time of Ibrahim, wasalam, it was circular from one side. And it had two doors. In the time of Quraysh, they fell short of money. So they made it corner, corner, corner. And they never have, they had money. The Quraysh were, had much, lot of money, but they never had halal money. It was all haram money from prostitution and from gambling and from all wrong theft. So they said, even the Quraysh, in the epitome of their wrong, understood that we cannot give dirty money to Allah's cause. We cannot give dirty money to Allah Ta'ala's cause. You know, my brothers, I'm not saying things just like this. I'm saying it with insight, basira. There are certain people, they are so loaded with money, and I'm talking on a global level here. But Allah Ta'ala does not accept them nor their money for any good cause. And when you hear after a while where they're getting their money from, or the outlook of subhanAllah, sadaqah, then you can understand why the man has millions, but he can't part with thousands. And on the other hand, there are certain people, wallahi, they're hardly doing well for their monthly expenses. But time and again, over and over, open-heartedly, they will give 5,000, 10,000, 3,000, whatever they can. Because their eyes are not on themselves. Their eyes are not on their own pockets. Their eyes are on a greater being. Here the, the ayat is written. He who fears Allah, 
Allah Ta'ala will make for him an exit from all his problems. But the exit, you need a pass. What's the pass? Taqwa. You have the taqwa, you'll have the pass. You don't have the taqwa, you don't have the pass. You'll get stuck into all your problems. Not only we will take you out of your problems, we will also grant you rizq and finances from such pathways that you yourself never even take. What is meant for you is meant for you. It will never evade you. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, what does he say? He says, I came to the masjid. I came to the masjid. And when I came to the masjid, subhanallah, I had my horse. And I needed someone to look after my horse for me. So I saw a man and I said, brother, can you look after my horse for me? I just want to pray. He said, okay. Took the horse. Ali radiallahu anhu went to pray. He said, in my heart, I had it. I had 10 dirhams in my pocket. The man looked a bit shabby. He's probably worth, you know, some sadaqah. My intention is, after I come out, the man is there. He's looked after my horse. I want to give him the 10 dirhams. He comes out of the masjid. The man is gone. <laughs> Where's the man? He's gone. What did he do? He took off. He couldn't run with the horse because the horse will be seen somewhere. He'll get caught. He took off the saddle of the horse in the reins. He ran away to go and have a quick buck to go and sell it. So Ali radiallahu said, Astaghfirullah, I intended to give him some money. He never had supper. He ran away. He took my saddle. Ali radiallahu came to the saddle shop and he saw his saddle there. He said, where did you get this from? He said, a man came hurrying in. He said he needed to do a quick sale. It looked good. I bought it from him. Ali radiallahu said, how much did he ask for and how much did you pay him? He said, 10 dirhams. Ali said, Wallahi, this man, Allah wrote in his rizq 10 dirhams. If he had sabr, he would have got it in a halal way at the masjid. But because he had no sabr, he took things in his own way. Allah gave it to him in a haram way. Our great grand ustad, Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria Rahmatullah says, he says, Wallahi, every month, Someone would come from a certain village and bring me ripe plums. He said, we would really enjoy these plums. It would be very, very nice. My children would love it. We would eat it. He said, subhanallah, amazingly, a brother came to me and he told me, Sheikh, I have a garden. I have a garden in a certain village, I have very nice plums. I want to bring for you some plums. So Sheikh said, you know what? I excuse myself. It's not that I don't want your plums. I appreciate. But there is already someone, subhanAllah, bringing for me plums. So inshallah ta'ala, you know, you can give it somewhere else. He said, the brother said, okay, no problem, inshallah. He said, that night, the news reached me that the brother in the other village that brought the plums regularly passed away. So Fajr time, I saw this brother here. I said, we read Yasin for that brother. We make dua. But you know what? When you bring the plums, it's fine. How Allah Ta'ala sent the second person to offer to bring the plums exactly on the day when the first person who brought the plums for 10 years passes away. 
It's not the first one bringing the plums, nor the second one. It's Allah wishing to give those plums to that family, and He chooses whom He wants to bring the plums on that specific time. If our iman and tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be solidified, then everything in this world runs around Allah. Years go and years come. Communities die and communities come. People go and people come. The same doctors that are operating for 40 years on the tables also one day is on that coffin. Matal tabibu. The, the, the poet says that the sick person is in the hospital. The sick person is in the hospital. For some reason, subhanallah, the person who wrote the prescription, meaning the doctor, woman jalabat dawa'a, the one who went to get the medication, woman katabat dawa'a, and the one who wrote the medication, they all passed away, and the patient is still living in the hospital. How many a times? Ambulance crash. Doctor passed away in COVID. How many patients were seeing doctors? The doctors died before their patients. Allah Ta'ala saying, this world is all running between my two hands. And nothing happens without my permission. We are all stuck in one scene of the movie. And all the characters are blaming the other characters. But we don't realize this scene is just one scene in an entire movie which is directed by Allah himself. My beloved, subhanallah, nothing is maqsood. Even salah is not maqsood. Salah you read because it makes Allah happy. The day Allah tells you, now the sun is setting, I don't make, want you to read salah, it's haram for you. If anyone goes and makes salah when the sun is setting or the sun is rising or at the time of zawal, instead of thawab, he will get sin. Fasting is not maqsood. Fasting is maqsood when it makes Allah happy. On the days of Eid, it is haram to fast. If anyone fasts, he will get sin rather than thawab. Fasting is not maqsood. La maqsooda illa Allah. Fasting is not maqsood. Salah is not maqsood. In, in, in Jannah, it will be haram to fast. It will be haram to perform salah. This world is darul amal. And that is darul jaza. It's not time now to eat salah and, 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 and fast. Now it's time to enjoy. This is the time to make amal, not to enjoy. So subhanallah, my beloveds, that tabliq which is not in line with the ways of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We look at the outcome and we say niyat. Brothers, you know, deen is spreading in this way. Deen is spreading. Allah Ta'ala, listen carefully. Allah Ta'ala has said in the hadith, through the, through the tongue of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is also wahi. He said, verily Allah Ta'ala will sometimes help this deen by means of a fasik and an evil person too. Allah wants to help his deen. How much in history evil people help the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah ta'ala will help this religion just by helping religion alone. The greatest person that helped Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Abu Talib. 
Day in and day out, he helped Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But in the end of the day, he never passed away with Iman himself. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi never even go for his burial. He said, oh Ali, I cannot attend the burial of a non-Muslim. Take care of your father's burial. And he never even go for the burial. So what I'm trying to show you is that subhanallah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam never come here for us to admire his body. Or for us to celebrate his existence. He came here for what all the Anbiya came for. For a worry, for a concern. To call people and link them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ourselves firstly to make Allah ta'ala happy. Our entire existence rotates around making Allah happy. Now the question is, how do I know what, make Allah, what makes Allah happy? Simple. The sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu There's no one that Allah loved more than the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And in understanding how the Prophet sallallahu done certain things. So if I have, mashallah, a da'wah activity. And ideally by doing that, mashallah, a lot of people are learning about Islam and learning about deen. But in so doing it, I have music. In so doing it, I have women skimply dressed. They're not dressed well. And there's free mixing. There will be no benefit, no benefit in that get-together for the simple reason that we are directly going against the sunnah of Rasulullah And when you do something against the sunnah and against the deen, there can never be hidayat from dalalat. From misguidance, Allah will never give guidance. For a while, there'll be a little hoo-ha and it will die down and that's about it. My worry as a believer is, whatever I do, I have Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's example in front of me and that is what I need to follow. Coming back to my main point, Allah ta'ala created us to make him happy, to appreciate him. Ma khalaqtul jinna wal insa, I have not created jinnat and insan illa liya'budu except for my worship Mufassirin Raisul Mufassirin Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhu said liya'buduni ay liya'rifuni for my ma'rifat to recognize who am I you cannot make ibadat of Allah and there will be no value in your ibadat as a person if you don't know who you're making ibadat to if I'm just making sajda and I don't know who I'm making sajda to to be able to make the proper ibadat of Allah, you need the ma'rifat of Allah. And that's why Allah says in the Quran al-Kareem, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهِ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ Verily, those who fear Allah the best, the most, the greatest, are those who are ulama. Ulama doesn't really mean, look at the tafasir, those who went and finished six years or eight years, and went and got a diploma, and got some, no, 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 no. Ulama are those who are aware with what Allah wants from them, what makes Allah happy. Those people who, subhanallah, are dedicated their entire life, their mind, their heart, every moment they're thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can I get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course, fiqh waghira is needed, but that is supplementary. As I said, that's not your maqsood. My maqsood is my Allah must be happy. 
So my beloved, subhanallah, when we're making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy, then we are fulfilling the purpose why Allah has created us. A car has been made to drive. A, a, an airplane has been made to fly. Water has been made to quench thirst. We have been created to make Allah happy. And when we make Allah Ta'ala happy, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in turn grants us sweetness of the heart. In turn, Allah Ta'ala grants us happiness within ourselves. And when that sweetness and happiness hits our hearts, because we are fulfilling the purpose why we have been created, right? That sweetness, that achievement in our heart is fulfilled. Outwardly, our bodily pain may be there. There might be depressions. There might be oppressions. There might be a lot of things that is happening around us. But because inside we feel achieved, achieving our purpose, we are there five times a day to read our salah, we are reciting our Quran, we are making our dua, we are, alhamdulillah, marching onto the pathway to Jannah, insha'Allah. My beloved, subhanallah, that happiness can never, ever be attained by anything else in this world. And that is what the billionaires and trillionaires cannot buy with their money. That is what the world is screaming for. They don't know purpose. They don't even know why they're living. They don't even know and they're not even sure after they die what is going to happen. And that is why even Darwin held a horseshoe and he said, this is my theory. In case I'm wrong, good luck. My beloved, subhanallah, this is what Allah is calling us to. Oh, human being, I've created you from nothing. I've made you. And then, subhanallah, I fashioned you, and you grew, and now you're a human being. Allah says, مَا غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمِ Why have you been eluded? Why an illusion about Rabbul Alameen? الَّذِي خَلَقَكْ He created you. He knew, لَمْ تَكُنْ شَيْئًا مَذْكُورًا your parents only started loving you when you were born or when they knew that you're coming in the world. When your mother, subhanallah, felt there's a kick, she went to the doctor, then only you actually appeared in your parents' life. Prior to that, they never even know that you're going to be something existing in their life. Your mother, three years before you were born, did not even know your father. Your mother, three years before you were born, did not even know your father, let alone knowing you. Allah says, I knew you all by name. I knew your taqdeer. I knew when you're going to die. I knew what you're going to do before I even created the existence of man. Lam yakun shay'an madkura. I knew you, O human being, and I knew I'm going to create you before the human race was even spoken about. Before anything, before your father or mother, you were in the ilm of Allah. And knew you, and he's going to create you, and he made you, and you are. And then you forget him. That's why, my beloved, subhanallah, we need to reconcile with Allah. Nabi said, Allah, there's no one in the world that can appreciate you better than Allah. How many a times you went to buy something for your wife? Great feeling. Amazing thought, amazing thought, big bucks. And probably she had a bad day. Probably the kids were troubling her. 
And she looks at you and she says, yeah, put it there, I'll see it later. How it crushes your heart. I put in all this hard time. I went and I looked and I tried and I made sure the size and I tried to look. And I came and it's just like, yeah, put it there. How many times the wife doesn't buy something for the husband? And then he said, you know I don't like this color. How many times she cooks for him? She puts in so much sweat. And he comes and without much thought he eats and he said, why this food doesn't have the right taste today? How many times people that are close to you smashes your heart and overlooks the hard work you're putting into things and don't appreciate what you're doing? But Allah says, in Allah shakur. Not only shakir, Allah shakur. Allah Ta'ala takes the smallest things of yours, amplifies it, makes it so big, and is so appreciative for the little that you do. Nabi Karim said, or the Quran speaks, that you do one action. You intend wrong, you intend wrong. You intend wrong, you make bad niya. Allah Ta'ala says, I won't punish you for it. If you act upon it, I'll only write one sin. You ask me forgiveness, I will change that good into that bad into good for you. Listen to this. Where, where in the entire world you can get any shop that can serve you like that? You wanted to rob us, we'll forgive you. If you rob us, we'll just take the penny back. And if you give it back to us, we'll give it back to you. <laughs> Did you ever hear of a shop like that? Aye, aye. You, subhanallah, you are so, so, so loyal to your Emirates program, to your Qantas program, and then too they give you few points. And then to half of the time you can't, subhanallah, upgrade. They're always not available. Allah Ta'ala says, one point, one dollar, habba, one seed. You give one, one. I will take it and I will plant it for you. And then it will come up. Allah says the corn tree. From how many, how many seeds does the corn tree come up? From one seed. That seed is put in there. That seed then germinates. It grows. It becomes a huge plant. And every plant has, subhanAllah, several ears of corn. And every corn has how many more seeds in there? Allah says, that's exactly what we do. We take your one dollar. We plant it for you. We invest it for you. It becomes several plants. And every plant is giving ongoing to the extent sometimes seven hundred dollars is written to you for you or even more just because of one dollar you've given. We invest in your portfolio. Nabi Akareem said, Allah Ta'ala gets so happy with small things that even the luqma that you lift and put it in the mouth of your wife makes Allah happy. And Nabi Akareem said, Allah smiles with his servant and gets so happy and he boasts about you to his malaika. On what? You made hajj. You gave $10,000 sadaqah. You made subhanallah salah at night, whole night. No, 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 no. That is there. But Allah gets happy when a person eats food and says alhamdulillah. Allah gets so happy that my servant recognized that no one can give him food except me. The fact that he's thanking me, that ties up back to the maqsad. 
and ties up back to the purpose of human beings that I created you so you can come to know me, so you can appreciate me, so you can worship me. And when you drink and you eat and you say, Alhamdulillah, one of my teachers, subhanallah, whenever they would drink water, they would say, Alhamdulillah. One day someone asked, Sheikh, you drink normally, Alhamdulillah, finish man, you know. You go like, Alhamdulillah. What's this Alhamdulillah about? This morning I was seeing one clip. The brother in Palestine, in Gaza, may Allah ta'ala grant them ease. The houses are bombed up. The families are killed. The man is standing in the rubble. There's still smoke at the back of him. And one of the reporter comes and says, how can you explain all this? The man is tearing. You can see tons of pain on the man's face. And he just said one word. Alhamdulillah. 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 My brothers, no Ustad would say, there was once a king the king had so much gold he came into the cave he came into the mountain he was counting his gold as he was counting his gold the rock shifted and covered the mouth of the cave the king was trapped inside the king was forced to drink his own urine he had millions of gold coins he could have bought the world but because of that time trapped in that cave, his money could not help him. His armies could not help him. His family could not help him. No one knew where he was trapped. And he wrote with stone. He wrote poetry on the rock. And he said in a lamenting way, I thought my thousands of armies can help me. I thought my family is great. I thought my money can help me. Here today I am dying in a cave and I don't even have fresh water to drink. My last moments of intake is my own urine. And he died. And that became inscribed on all the walls of that city to make the people understand that even the king is in need of a drop of water. And Allah says, subhanallah, that if Allah Ta'ala takes all your water away, O human beings, who will bring for you one drop of water? Who will bring for you one drop of water? Alamgir al was on a journey and he met a person on the way. He asked him, subhanAllah, for some water. He gave him some water. Alamgir said, whenever you come to the main place, you come to the capital city, Agra, pass by me. You know, we would love to uh, return the favor. The man was okay. After a while, he became a bit poor. He needed something. He said, okay, let me go. He came to Agra. He came at the time of Maghrib. We should make dua. Today, I read a hadith. Sahabi asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, which time of the day is most potent for our duas to be accepted? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Fi jawfi laylil akhir wa ba'd or Aqib Kullil Maktubat. Nabi Akareem said, 
in the middle of the latter part of the night. In the middle of the latter part of the night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is answering the du'as of humanity. Don't make that time sleeping time. Stand up. And today the, the, the nights are long. Brothers subhanallah, even if when you're going to the toilet, make a wudu on your way back. Make two rakats. Pick up your hands and see how Allah ta'ala will answer your du'as. And after every salah, take our time to make du'a. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, after every salah, Allah Ta'ala accepts your du'as. And in the latter part of the morning, the, the latter part of the night, right? In the middle of the latter part of the night, so three o'clock, four o'clock. So anyway, what I was saying, subhanallah, that is why that king died without water. My ustad is saying, when I drink this water, so this man came to Alam Jira and said, Maghrib time he was praying, subhanallah. So he said, I want a moment with the king. They said, wait, 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 wait. The king is making dua. He said, to whom? He said, to someone greater than him. He said, if he is small and he is asking from a greater being, then why must I ask the small? I'll ask the great being directly. So he walked away. So after a while, the king heard the commotion after the Maghrib prayer. What happened? He said, someone came. They said, they know you. We called him in. He said, no, it's fine. After we explained to him that you're making dua, he was called back. Alamgir Aurangzeb asked him, he said, you know, in the end of the day, I came to ask you for something. But then I realized, you're also a beggar. You're also a beggar. You're also asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are all beggars in front of Allah. So my Ustad, when he drank that water, he would say, I think of this story. That if a king of kings, subhanallah, he was dying in a cave without water. When I drink this water, right now at this moment, I'm even luckier and more fortunate than that king. So I say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah for the water that Allah has granted me. So Nabi Sallallahu said, what did Nabi Sallallahu said? Allah gets happy. Allah gets happy with his servant. Even when a person praises Allah Ta'ala on the luqma of food that Allah Ta'ala gives, Allah gets so happy. Look at my servant. He recognized that no one can give him food but me. I conclude with this. When we do wrong, and we all are sinners, كُلُّكُمْ خَطَّعُونَ All of you are sinners. وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّعِينَ التَّوَّابُونَ And the best of sinners are those who realize they're wrong, they fix themselves, they try. Nothing is spacious enough to hold Allah. Time and space have been created by Allah. Allah was prior to time and space. So where was he before time and space was created? Nothing can, can, can lie. Nothing can encapsulate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, my beloveds, in the end of the day, the question is, Allahu Akbar, la yudriku al-absar, wa huwa yudriku al-absar. Even in Jannah, we will not be able to see Allah ta'ala entirely. We'll see Allah, but we can't encapsulate Allah. Like I said, did you see the sky this morning? You said yes. Did you see the whole sky? No. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He cannot be encapsulated. He's beyond encapsulation. My beloveds, Allah ta'ala knows that we are sinners. And that's why it comes in a hadith. We done it yesterday in the tafsir. On the day of Qiyamah, when the believers will come to Allah, Allah ta'ala yudnihi minhu. He will bring the believer close to him. It's as if he will be right next to Allah. 
There won't be no space between. Did you not do on this night, Saturday night? You never do this. Two times he will acknowledge, yes, Ya Allah. Yes, 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 Ya Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. You remember the day you lied? Did you lie? Believe will say, yes, Ya Allah. What? I can't, I can't lie to you, Ya Allah. Of course I done it. Allah Ta'ala will go on with few bad deeds and then he will say, Ah, see, in this world, satartu alayk. I covered your sins. I covered your sins. Do you think if I covered your sins in... That's why we are said and told by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that if we do wrong, we should not advertise it. We should not tell anyone because by telling other people the wrong we done, we are making witnesses. On the day of Qiyamah, it's a matter between you and Allah. Now you made so many witnesses. That one knows, that one knows. They will bear witness against you. Don't make witnesses against yourself. So subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, Do, does anyone else know about what you've done? Besides me and you, he will say, no, ya Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if I concealed your sins in this world, there is no reason why I must trumpet it in the year after. Go, فَإِنَّكَ مَغْفُورٌ لَهُ You are forgiven. And in another hadith, Nabi Karim said that he smiled, he smiled. And the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, why are you smiling? He said, Ya Allah, this is my sins. He said, more? You want to tell me more? Acknowledge more? He said, this is my sins. He said, you want to acknowledge more? He will not be able to acknowledge more. He will get stuck. He will say, Ya Allah, this is all I've done for my sins. Allah said, you sure? He said, that's all. More? No. He will be too embarrassed to tell Allah Ta'ala any more of his sins. And at that moment, Allah will say, okay, if that is all, I change all your sins today into good actions. And when Allah will say that, then he'll say, Ya Allah, I remembered few more sins I've done. <laughs> Why? With hope that Allah Ta'ala turns those sins into good actions for him. This is the Allah that we are working with, my Rabbul Alameen. Rabbul Alameen is there so we can call unto him. Rabbul Alameen is very, very sensitive and he's listening to us. And he's ghafoor and he's shakoor. And he appreciates everything that we do for him. And every dua, my beloved, remember, if you pick up your hands and you say, Ya Allah, it's because not you remembering Allah, it's Allah is remembering you. And it's the, Allah does not give anyone tawfiq to ask, except that Allah wants to answer. And remember, shaitan asked Allah Ta'ala for something so big, a lifelong time from the time he was created up to the day of Qiyamah, which spans millions of years. He asked Allah Ta'ala, if I ask Allah Ta'ala 10 more years, 20 more years, 30 more years, Ya Allah, 50 more years, a great thing. Shaitan asked, Ya Allah, I don't want to die till the day of Qiyamah. And Allah granted him what he wanted in the midst of his disobedience to Allah. When Allah Ta'ala sacked him from Jannah because he, he did not want to make sajda and he went against Adam alayhi salatu Allah Ta'ala says, get out from here. He said, okay, I'm going here, Allah, but one last dua. Imagine, someone burns your car. 
And now you're chasing them out. You said, one last thing we want from you. <laughs> are, you are you on a platform to even ask me? But Allah is such that there's no one. The fact that shaitan is asking Allah, even if it's in the midst of disobedience, made Allah happy that even shaitan knows he can't ask anyone but me. So Allah said, okay, whatever you want, I'll grant you. He says, I want, just don't let me die. I just want a life now. And Allah knows why he wants that life. He doesn't want that life to make hajj. He doesn't want that life. He wants that life to mislead human beings. But Allah granted it to him. My beloved, subhanallah, if whatever me and you want and the entire world wants, put together, ask Allah Ta'ala, Allah can give us whatever we want and that will not diminish Allah Ta'ala's milkiyat as much as a little drop of water taken out of the ocean. If Allah is not giving us, or Allah is procrastinating, it is all in the time book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But me and you need to understand that Allah Ta'ala just gets so happy because we ask Him. Let us not underestimate any good action, whether it's a sajda, whether it's a dua, whether it's coming for dhikr, whether it's following up, whether it's reading Quran, whether it's being kind to one another, whether it's a small smile, this is all ways and pathways. Imam Abu Hanifa would say that the pathways leading to Allah are so unanimous, are so many, that kathratu anfasil khalaiq, it is equal to the breathing of humankind. Not only humankind, all the animals and all Allah Ta'ala's creation. How many, if I ask you now, how many of Allah's creations exist, you won't be able to tell me. And if you say all those creations, how many times they are breathing per minute, you won't be able to tell me. All that put together, those are the different ways of reaching Allah. A lady gave a dog water, she reached Allah. A lady, subhanAllah, looked after the ulama, she reached Allah. A man, subhanAllah, drank his anger for the pleasure of Allah, he reached Allah. We don't know when, what and how will be that little moment that steal Allah's pleasure. And then he endorses you. And we don't know when, what and how that little thing we do might cause the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Aisha radiallahu anha, and I conclude with this, Iyaki wa muhqiratil dunub, be careful of the small sins. Zina that everyone knows is wrong. People stay away from it. And if a person does do it, then he cries day in and day out. He's guilty. His iman, his conscience is bothering him. If you can do zina and your conscience don't bother you, then you're not a Muslim. Because if you have iman, it's going to bother you. We done yesterday in the kitab. A person came to Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said, Ya Rasulallah, I get a lot of waswasa. I get shaitan is playing games with me. He tells me to do a lot of bad things, Ya Rasulallah. And we said something, I was just to muha. Do you get all those bad thoughts? He said, yeah. I'm shy. I don't even feel like telling you, Ya Rasulullah. I mean, right here now, how many times we felt like really punching someone? Right? No, yeah. See, everything, yeah. There's someone in life you wanted to punch at some given time. There's so many things we can't speak about what goes up in our mind and our heart. Nabi Karim said, 
Do you find it? Do you really have it? He said, yes. He said, That's a sign that you have Iman. Shaitan will not waste his time when there's no need to. The reason he comes to you is because you have Iman. That's why he's troubling you. So these thoughts will come. Sometimes we will feel disencouraged. Sometimes we will feel, subhanAllah, disparaged. But we need to keep on the fight. Wa'abud rabbak. Make ibadat of Allah. Till when? Till your 10th anniversary? Till your 30th birthday? Till you're old? No. Wa'abud rabbaka hatta ya'tiyakal yaqeen. The race is on till death doesn't overcome you. Nabi Akareem Sallallahu is passing away. And subhanallah, Fatima radiallahu anha is there. And she said, Wa'huzna. She saw the sakarat of mouth. She said, Wa'huzna ala abi. Oh, what a great pain upon my beloved father. Nabi Karim said, La huzna ala The pain struggle only stretches right now till death. The minute I close my eyes, O oh Fatima, all my pain disappears. Then it's only enjoyment, inshallah. Let us keep the akhirah in mind and remember this muhqirat al the small, small sins a person. A person, an alim, a sheikh, I witnessed it, came crying in front of my sheikh. And he said, I don't find the pleasure of ibadat anymore. I don't find the pleasure of ibadat anymore. I try to make salah, no tears come to my eyes. I feel my heart has gone so hard. The sheikh told him, I'll give you 10 minutes, sit in that corner and think since the time these things happened to you. Did you make zulam on anyone? Did you say something wrong? Just think, try, apply your mind. If you want more time, I'll give you half an hour. Write everything that you think you've done wrong and show it to me. Not because you want to make me a witness, but sometimes you need advice, you need someone to guide you like a doctor. So subhanAllah, I will help you through. We'll make tawbah from all your sins. So he looked, look, 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 look. One thing he mentioned there. The sheikh said, this is exactly the purpose why Allah is punishing you. Go and make tawbah now and give sadaqah. And alhamdulillah, after that, Allah Ta'ala opened his way. What was that? They were mentioning names for their children. They were had grandchildren. So they were naming the names of grandchildren. So someone mentioned a very, you know, uh, a very peculiar name. A name that's not common, right? A name that is not peculiar. You know, common amongst us, it happened so that that name was a name of a Sahabi. So this Alim, he never mean it, but he said it slipped from his tongue. He said it sounds like the name of one of our, the name of one of our washing machines. So there'd probably be a washing machine, you know, a Japanese name, and that name was similar. It had a, a little bit of a sound like a washing machine name. He said it sounds like a washing machine name. This was a name of a senior Sahabi. And because of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him go through such a difficult patch of time. It's just a slip of a tongue. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, Subhanallah, will the people not be thrown in the fire of Jahannam because of what their tongue's done? And Nabi Karim sallallahu said, Sometimes a man says a word, La yara biha ba'san. He doesn't even think it's wrong. But because of that one word he said, he will go 70 years in the fire of Jahannam. 70 years for one word he said. 
So let's not underestimate any word we say and let's not underestimate any good we do. And inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as they say, that the oceans are made from droplets and the mountains are made from pebbles. May Allah ta'ala accept from all of us and may Allah ta'ala make us his zakirin and shakirin and arifin that whatever we do, whether it's tabligh or whether it's ta'aleem or whether it's whatever we do, our first scope and sphere is that is Allah's happiness in this. And are we doing it according to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? If I'm running a masjid, but I have hasad in my heart against all the other committee members, I'm a trustee, I'm a committee member, but I am running politics and I'm hurting other people, is this making Allah happy or not? So then even running a masjid has become a sin for you, my brother. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm going for hajj, and I'm taking people for hajj, but subhanallah, my niyyat is not right. Hmm? Outwardly, it looks like hajj, mashallah. Right? Let alone hajj. Even if a person goes in the path of Allah, someone asked Nabi Karim Sallallahu a person goes in the path of Allah, he fights, he fights, he gives his life in the path of Allah. But his intention was not to bring the word of Allah up. It was for tribal reasons. <coughs> Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, no one is a shaheed except he who fought fought to bring the word of Allah Ta'ala up. Person outwardly, it's mentioned in the kitabs. A man is fighting in battlefield and he dies. We will give him no coffin. We will not give him ghusl. We will bury him as a shaheed. But only in this world, if his niyyah was not right on the day of Qiyamah, he will not be a shaheed. He will go straight in the fire of Jahannam because his intention was wrong. There was one of the servants of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the servants of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whom, subhanallah, was fighting amazingly. And everyone looked at him and said, wow, wow, what a great, mashallah, very, very bold, courageous man. And in the 11th hour, a stray arrow came from the enemy and hit him straight in jugular vein. And the man passed away. Everyone began to say, first of all, he's a servant of the Prophet. Second of all, he passed away. Rajulun fil Jannah, Rajulun fil Jannah. A man is in Jannah. The Prophet turned around, blank, and he shocked them. He's in the fire. Everyone was like, what? He was, he was, he was, he was, he was like your servant, Ya Rasulullah. And he was fighting and Nabi Sallallahu said, Bithawbin ghallaha, Bithawbin ghallaha. He was walking and he saw some sheets lying, a burda, a scarf, and it never belonged to him. He picked it up and took it for himself because of that one cloth is burning. When Nabi Sallallahu said this, it is said from every corner and nook, people came back dropping things that they took without permission. They were so scared. So, subhanAllah, don't ever underestimate anything small and don't ever underestimate anything good. It could be just something small that you said or done. Because of that, Allah Ta'ala can elevate you. Reconcile with Allah every night, every morning. Be friends with Allah. My Sheikh should always say that in the morning when you make morning, no matter what, tell yourself, my Allah is happy with me. My Rasul is happy with me. And Alhamdulillah, my tutors and my teachers are happy with me. If you start your day on a positive note, it will motivate you to have a pleasant day and try to make Allah happy. If you make morning, Allah is so angry with me. Some people think Allah hates them. 
My Allah is so angry with me. Rasulullah hates me. My teachers don't like me. Already you demotivated. On what energy are you going to continue your day? What is your, what is your purpose in life? A person came to uh, an alim and he said, I'm shaitan. So the alim said, astaghfirullah, the man said, I thought I was shaitan. This man just affirmed I'm shaitan. He went to commit suicide. So Mawlana Ta'ala, rahmatullahi alayhi, alayhi rahimahullah, said something amazing. He said, that sheikh, he has ilm, but he doesn't have hikmah. Had that man come to me and said, I'm shaitan, I would say, so what if you're shaitan? The doors of tawbah is also open for shaitan. Till now, if shaitan makes tawbah and asks Allah for forgiveness, it's mentioned in narration that he met Musa alayhi salam going to tour. He said, Musa, I'm scared of the azab of Allah. Can you ask Allah if there's any forgiveness for me? Musa alayhi salam came back and he said, Allah said, there is tawbah for you on one condition. You make sajda to the grave of Adam alayhi salam. He said, anything but that. And out of pride, he went away again. So he's proudful. He's proudful. But even for him, the doors of tawbah are open. So if shaitan can be forgiven by Allah, when Fir'aun was being being drowned in the sea at that moment he looked up and he said Amantu bi Rabbi Musa wa Harun. I believe in Musa and Harun's Rabb what did, what did Jibra'il do? he took mud and he stuffed it up in the mouth of Fir'aun shut up you, keep quiet because he said, it mentioned in the hadith he mentioned, he said I feared that on that last moment he never mean it because how many chances Allah Ta'ala gave him Allah sent frogs and Allah sent the black, the, 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 the red sea, the red water, the blood water. Allah sent locusts. Allah. But each time he said he believes, then he plays a game, he plays a game, he plays a game. How long this is going to go on for? And hence, I, but what Jibrail said, I fear that if he calls out to Allah, even if it is not sincere, but he's calling out to Allah, calling out to Allah, I fear Allah will have rahmah on him and save him again. So that's why he just shut his mouth with a, lot of, with a whole lot of mud so he doesn't say it. That is how merciful Allah is. So if for Fir'aun there was Tawbah, if for Shaitan there is Tawbah, Allah is not going to forgive me if I'm the Ummati of Muhammad وسلم, If I cry in front of Allah, if I beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every night, ask for Tawbah, try in the morning, make morning my Allah is happy with me. Start on a positive note inshaAllah ta'ala. And that is how you will find the motivation to continue life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all tawfiq wa akhiru da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.